Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kids Sports. I'm Eddie Hawkswood. Kids Sports, the podcast, can be found as part of the Blue Lake Drive Network, where podcasts and content to help you navigate your tricky life can be found. So visit us. That's Kids Sports on the Blue Lake Drive Network. Joining me today is a friend of mine. I've known him for quite a long time. I've uh, had the privilege of training under him, and he's very knowledgeable, very experienced. And parents, you are going to want to listen to what Nate Picknell has to say because his advice and his type of work can get your kid uh, to where they want to be in terms of their fitness and sports goals. So, without further ado, I'm going to bring in the owner of Why Not Us WNU Strength and Conditioning Center. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Look up Nate Picknell. Nate, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure, indeed. Without uh, stalling, let's get right to it. Yes. Tell us, what, what kind of training do you provide for young athletes? Um, so I provide athletic training. Um, so we work on the basics, the fundamentals, because um, kids, when they're younger, sometimes they don't know how to move their body properly. So I teach them basic movements first, and then from there, we kind of work on explosive power, um, agility, coordination, and all the stuff that it takes to be a good athlete. And we also focus on injury prevention because, as you know, as an athlete, it, you're going to get injured. It's going to happen. Uh, but the stronger your body is, the quicker you can recover from that injury, and it can prevent injuries down the road as well. So that's very important for parents. That they invest time, money, energy, all these sorts of things to their child, and they don't want them on the shelf. So how do you go about incorporating injury prevention training into the work you do at WNU? Um, so it's basically just part of the work. I was just building a strong body, um, I think is a big part of it, right? And then building good flexibility, uh, good agility, um, and then just being strong, I think, is a big part of it. And learning how to move the body is another part of it, right? So you can avoid the injuries in certain situations. Um, but like I said, just having a strong body, I think, is a big part of um, avoiding and preventing injuries. When athletes first come to you, I assume their parents drop them off 99% of the time. What do you find them to be uh, the least knowledgeable about? And I would assume it would be either stretching or really how to move. So which, which in your experience is it? Um, the, teaching them how to move properly is probably the first thing that we focus on. And it's probably the one thing that they don't know how to do very well. Um, I've had kids come in that are 11, 12, 13, 14. They don't know how to squat properly. They don't know how to lunge properly. They don't know how to press properly. Basically, all the movements um, that are important in training, they don't know how to do. Um, and sometimes when you get, you know, teams, they do dry lane training. If you don't have a good trainer, they're just like, bang on as many push-ups as you can and do as many squats as you can. They're just trying to get as many reps in, and they don't really focus on the movement. So what I do is I slow the pace down a little bit, teach them how to learn, teach them the movement, and then once they learn the movement, you can add volume and intensity to that, right? But learning how to do the movement properly first, I think, is the biggest focus uh, when I first meet a young athlete. I can speak from experience. I've been coaching teams, and even though uh, I, I've had experience being taught training and had trainers. I personally have brought Nate Picknell in because it's just better to turn it over to an expert uh, since it's such a key dimension of, of the sport. You're, you're, as a coach, you're scheduling, you're trying to win, 
you're, you're uh, commuting people and you're taking courses yourself and getting designations. It's a lot. And so Nate, do you find a lot of coaches are surprised or really benefit from having a personal trainer come into their camp? I do. Yeah. Um, and just disclaimer, I have a trainer myself. Um, when I was doing Olympic lifting, um, I had someone that would watch me because trainers see things that you don't see, right? You're doing the movement. You can't watch yourself. So to have someone there that's knowledgeable and knows what they're doing is I always recommend trainers for any athlete at any level. And just if you're in the gym, just as a normal person, um, having a trainer uh, can be beneficial because, like I said, they see things that you don't, and then sometimes you need that extra kick, that extra push, right? Uh, but the safest uh, way to do it is to have a trainer for sure. So my message is to parents who are listening, if you're having that first team meeting before the season starts, ask about having a trainer come in. Is there money in the budget to have a trainer come in once every two weeks, uh, certainly at the beginning to, to get the ship out of the shore quickly? Because uh, much like we've seen in pro sports that have restarted, there are a litany of injuries because things are, are being glossed over that, that you can detect and see during the training process, correct? Yes, yeah, that That's, is correct, for sure. Okay, with young athletes, how important is goal setting? Uh, it's very important. It's a good way to track progress, for one. Um, so for certain workouts that we do, we'll do it uh, at the beginning of the month, and then we'll do it at the end of the month, and we'll, so this is where you're at at the beginning, and then we'll set a goal for the end of the month and see if we can get close to that goal. Um, it keeps them motivated, especially when they hit that goal. It's a big part of it, right? Because if you set, say you want to squat 150 pounds and you're at 120, and once you get to that 150, it just makes you want to do more, right? Um, so goal setting, like anything in life, is important. You need to have a plan, right? If you don't have a plan, then things usually don't go very well. So having a plan is part of goal setting for sure. So, yeah, very important for sure. What's the youngest age or the perhaps the average age that a young athlete starts to um, come to you? The youngest age is nine. Uh, so I've worked with a nine-year-old before. That's the youngest. Um, and anywhere between 13, 14 to 19 years old are the athletes that I work with. Um, it, I think it's important to notice that my oldest client is 74 too. So there's a big, a big range. Uh, so nine was the youngest, 74 is the oldest. That's terrific. That's terrific. Yeah. And obviously what you're doing with a nine-year-old would be a lot different than what you're doing with the 70. A lot different. Um, yeah, so with the nine-year-old, we don't do a lot of weight stuff. Exactly. Um, a lot of body weight and, again, learning how to squat properly, just learning how to move your body because um, some kids, they're awkward. You know what I mean? And I was the same way when I was younger. So just teaching good movement patterns, uh, building up the cardiovascular, stretching, stuff like that. Um, and then once we hit like 14, 15, that's when we kind of get into the weights, but we're still not pushing huge weight at that weight, uh, at that age, because your musculoskeletal system is still developing at that age, right? So you don't want to go too crazy. That's right. But definitely at, at any age, I would say kids could start training. You just have to find the right trainer and make sure they're doing the right movements. What can parents do to support their children's uh, training initiatives? Trust the process. Um, cause it is a process. Um, change doesn't happen overnight. Um, so if you have a good trainer and you're paying him money, that means you put your trust in them, right? Um, don't push, allow your kids to have fun. Don't put too much pressure on them because training 
there should be some element of fun to it. It shouldn't feel like a chore. It shouldn't feel like a task. Um, I think if parents put too much pressure um, on kids to train, then it becomes something that they, they don't really like to do, right? Um, and that shows in the training because they come on, they come in and then they, you know, they might put half the effort in they would if they actually enjoyed it a bit more. I can, I can echo that at the end of uh, one basketball team I was coaching, uh, you know, we had 10 minutes and so I divided the team in two and I said, all right, one at a time, half court and everybody counts down three, two, one, and you get to shoot a half court shot and try and make it, you know, as if you're beating the buzzer. What kind of things do you do to make your atmosphere at Why Not Us uh, fun and enjoyable? Because I've worked out with you and I did not have fun. <laughs> sometimes we have yes, we conversations do. though right so you come you work hard but we we have good conversations so in all seriousness um, you do make it fun what's your secret to keeping it uh fun enjoyable while still achieving good results um i think setting challenges is a big one especially for some of the younger athletes that i train they have that competitive spirit which i try to encourage obviously good competitive spirit but um, you probably remember that one challenge we had where we set up a pylon, pylon on one end of the gym and the other, and we set the timer for 30 seconds. You see how many touches you can get in 30 seconds, right? Right. Um, and I've had all my hockey players and basketball players and baseball players, like, we still hold the record, by the way, 15 touches. You and I do? I was like, I think yeah, it's- no, Nobody's beat 15. I've had a bunch of people that have tied us, but nobody's got 16 yet. Um, it, I, it, it's possible. I don't want to say it's impossible. Uh, but yeah, just setting challenges like that, I think is fun. And just the way you interact with your clients is a big part of it too, right? That's right. Um, I'm not a drill sergeant. I'm not super laid back, but I'm not like, uh, you know what I mean? I'm not in your face. That's um, right. Most people that come and work out, they don't need that. They just need someone to kind of give them that extra push and give them that direction, right? You're right, Nate. That, as a reminder, this is a podcast by parents for parents, and so sometimes I'm, I'm speaking directly to them, and maybe you can shed some light on my next question. What mistakes do parents often make when they first uh, get their kid involved? You said trust the process. However, what other areas do parents hurt their kids more than help, and would it be in uh, sleep, not, not proper sleep, not proper diet? What is it? Um. I touched on pressure, putting too much pressure on them. That's a big one. Um, Nutrition is another really, really big one. And there's a huge misconception out there that because they're young and because their metabolism is faster, um, that they can eat bad foods, right? Um, There's no truth to that at all. Yes, they have a faster metabolism, but in order for your, your kid to grow, you have to give them the proper nutrients. They need the proper vitamins and minerals and proteins and carbs and fats and all that, right? That's a huge part of recovery, which is obviously growth, right? Um, so allowing their kids and thinking it's okay for kids to eat candy every day and, you know, getting them fast food every other day, stuff like that. If you have an athlete and you want him to do well and get the most of the training, the nutrition has to be on point. Um, so besides pressure, too much pressure, I would say nutrition is a big one. Um, yeah. So parents, if you, uh, like oftentimes some parents will just drop their kids off at practice, come back and pick them up in an hour. And it's, it, it's very difficult as parents to, uh, you know, negotiate the, the demands of, of modern life, but right. parent, parents ask your trainer what you should be feeding them, uh, what you're doing well, what more they could be doing, because you'd be amazed at, uh, how simple, uh, 
mistake avoidance can, can yield to greater results. Okay, yeah. so how many times a week should young athletes be going to a trainer? Um, I would say a minimum of two for sure. Um, it depends on if they're doing stuff on their own at home. Um, but if they're only working out once a week and not doing stuff on their own, there's too much time that goes in between each workout. So it's kind of hard to gain some traction in, in terms of uh, getting results. But I would say, yeah, a minimum of two for sure. It depends on how much they're playing um, that week. So if they're playing two games a week and training twice a week, I'd say that's a pretty good balance. Um, so, yeah, at least twice a week, I'd say, is the minimum. Okay. Now, uh, to go year-round, say, say a, uh, an athlete, she's, she's a hockey player. She yeah. has her season. It probably begins in September, and it can go until March. How much, how much decompression time would you suggest parents give their children at the end of a season before doing off-season workouts? Um, I'd say three weeks. You don't want to go too long. Um, and even in those three weeks, you still want to be doing some lightweight stuff. Um, nothing crazy, but walking, staying active. Um, so I'm active seven days a week, right? That never stops. I lift heavy three days a week, but I bike, I walk. Um, so I'm always moving my body. But you do need, I'd say, at least three weeks in between uh, the end of season and then uh, training camp or whenever you start training in the off season. At least a good three weeks there for your body to just relax and just mentally too. Sometimes kids need a break, right? Um, to just kind of be a kid, right? So three weeks, I wouldn't go more than a month, but three weeks is probably the sweet spot. And again, what age group would you be saying take three weeks off for 15-year-olds? 14 to 18, 19 probably, yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah. How does it, how does the training vary as the season approaches? And what I mean by that is we've just talked about, you know, a, a three-week break and then you start training. As the season approaches, and again, we'll use hockey or a winter sport like basketball, uh, and then September's on the calendar. What are you doing in August? And, and I want you to keep in mind that August is still a really hot month. And kids, right. you know, they want to be in the shade. They're, in some yeah. cases, they're dreading going back to school. But you want to hit the ground running once the right. season begins in September. So how are you approaching that month before? <clears throat> um, do your hardest training in the off season. Um, you're not trying to set a PR for your squats or your overhead press during the season, right? right. Um, it's just doing that alone could lead to injury. And you want to make sure that you're fresh and you have a lot of energy for each game. Um, so in the off season is generally when we do the hardest training because um, then you have more time to recover and you don't have to go uh, playing a game on Thursday, right? Um, and in terms of, like, the heat and stuff like that, try and train indoors. Um, obviously, COVID kind of put a, a halt to that this summer, um, but we did get in some outdoor workouts. Um, try and do it earlier in the morning or later at night if you have to do if you have to do outside, rather. Um, but, yeah, go hard in the off-season. Still train during the season, keep it lighter, do a lot of stretching and stuff like that. Um, and it's funny, like we're in the uh, NHL final right now, right? Like Stanley Cup. And you can see the players that train hard on in the off season and the ones that continue to train lightly throughout the season because they still have a ton of energy, right? But the ones that kind of trail off 
towards the end of the season or maybe halfway through the season, you can tell when the energy's not there, right? And it's, it's, it's training that makes a difference, I think. Can you clear up that misconception? Because parents are listening and they're hearing the message, well, we do the hardest lifting because you have the most recovery time in the off-season. So yeah. recovery in a lot of people's minds is equated to rest. But your theory is that those who are still training still have the energy needed in the game. Why yeah. is that and why do people uh, make that misconception? Because uh, if you're just playing the sport, you're playing that sport, right? And it's not that your body plateaus, but you need to still try and continue to build strength or at least maintain what you have, right? So again, it goes back to just having a strong body. Like you just, you need to work because if you're playing hockey, you're only working certain muscles. You know what I mean? You're like your legs are working and they're only doing a certain thing. They're just skating. You've got pivoting back and forth, but you need to keep the whole body strong. Right, and just to keep that endurance up, um, doing things other than playing hockey, right? Yes. In terms of training, I think is I think it makes a difference. Like, and you, and you see it, and you've heard other players uh, touch on it too. <coughs> Excuse me. That's okay. And, and some of the other things that you can work on while you're active during the season would those include things like meditation, yoga. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, and, and sort of a, a de- not a de-stressful walk, but you know, you put the music on you go for a walk just get some fresh air that i mean that counts yeah. for something you're using different muscles oh yeah for sure all three of those things you just said there are very beneficial not just physically but mentally too um meditation is great because you get to kind of release any stress that you have yoga same thing and yoga they incorporate stretching into that right so that's another key in recovery um, walking again can be meditative, right? If you put on like a good podcast, or even if you just like you know walk in the woods and listen to the sounds of nature, um, it's to, that's that's part of having a, a strong, healthy body, right? It's part of wellness. Um, yeah. So yeah, all three of those things that you touched on are important. And speaking of um, debunking myths and whatnot, uh, I mean, yeah. if somebody wants to just play hockey and train with you, that's great for your business. But how right. important is it to diversify and not specialize in one sport or one activity at a young age? Yeah, no, it's super important. Um, most really, really good athletes have more than just one single sport, right? Because um, say if you're just a hockey player, you're missing out on all the benefits of other sports like baseball or soccer or whatever, right? Like if you're playing soccer, your cardiovascular is just going to be that much more stronger than the hockey player that doesn't. Um, and it just, again, it works on coordination. Um, so yeah, like playing other sports is, it's pretty important too. So let's clear this up for, for other parents who may have this on, on the back burner. If you are a swimmer in the winter and in the summer you enjoy lacrosse, but you also want to train, how can that young athlete, how can she, uh, train with you without really, um, sort of messing things up for lack of a better term um it's definitely doable it it would be the same as just one single sport you're just going to be a better athlete right um and then you add training onto those two sports you're just going to have a stronger body you're probably going to be able to last longer especially with the swimming and then you go on and play lacrosse right like swimming is great for your lungs um so yeah it's just it's just going to make you a better athlete at the end of the day um, 
I, I can speak from firsthand experience. Nate is a, an absolutely fantastic trainer. Uh, what's next for you, Nate? I mean, you're a good speaker. We live in the digital age. Have you ever considered uh, doing some some uh, training consulting, you know, coming into people's homes or whatnot? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that's a possibility. I'm also getting into uh, investing in finance and stuff like that, which is on the opposite spectrum of owning a gym. But I'll always be in the gym. I love training people. It's it's definitely my passion. Um, I feel very blessed to be able to do it day in and day out. And the people that I work with, including you, are, are great people. Um, but yeah, there definitely will be a new chapter in my life, but I definitely will always be in the gym and I'll always have clients. I suggest uh, I suggest to everybody listening, uh, get in touch with them via Facebook, via Instagram. It's Nate Picknell, P-I-C-K-N-E-L-L. Look up Nate. He does a fantastic job with WNU Fitness. Nate, is there anything else you want to tell us about or promote anything I've missed? You've been fantastic. Uh, no, I think we touched on everything. There is one thing, though. Uh, video games are not a sport. Get outside. Get moving, right? Um, move the body. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I see too many young kids these days are falling victim um, to non-movement, and I think it's it's going to be a big issue um, down the road if we don't address it now. Um, it doesn't have to be great. Like, you don't have to come into the gym and train with me, but just get outside, move, play sports, do something, right? Um, you don't even have to be that good at sports. Just get out and move your body. Uh, so that would be my, my final message, I guess. Movement well, is key. We're good life. It was Newton's law of physics, objects in motion, stay in motion, objects at rest, stay at rest. So uh, from Newton to Nate, who says, get <laughs> get moving, uh, you've heard it here. Thanks, yeah. folks, for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate everything that uh, you, you do for us. Nate, thank you so much for uh, your time today. I, uh, I, I look forward to another day when I can come back in there and start working with you because uh, – I, I frankly feel a million times better when I'm in the gym with you. Nate designs fantastic programs. Uh, I'm sure if you, you called him up and wanted to discuss things, he probably uh, would be more than happy to design something for someone who's listening. So That's all cool. of us here at Kids Sports, again, our thanks to Nate Picknell and all he does at WNU. Uh, BlueLakeDrive.com is where you can find all the podcast needs. And for our audio engineer, Frank, Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Eddie. Always a pleasure.